This is the DGen Football Podcast. I am your host, Darius. With me, as always, my two good friends, Mitch and Bean. And boys, we got a lot to cover in this episode. Uh, we're going to start out, uh, Bean, you're going to give us the the good or probably bad news of how our week seven betting went. Then we're going to all give our, our winners and losers of the week seven C, uh, matchups. Then we're going to get into our fantasy recaps, talk about our top and bottom performers of the week and the games that they played in. And that'll wrap up our week seven. Then we get into week eight. We're going to start with our Thursday night preview. We've got a great matchup between the Ravens and the Buccaneers. Then we're going to do our week eight betting preview with our locks of the week, our long shot bets, our high, our low, and our game of the week. Uh, then we'll wrap up with anything else that we missed. But that's a lot for you listeners. So let's get right into it. Bean, give us the bad news. How'd we do betting in week seven? Well, there is. If someone did a parlay of like all of us having the same record or like predicting our record to be two and three each this week, they probably make some money. Um, not sure about all our listeners though, because I'm. Uh, the lock of the week parlay suffered a little bit this week because of the Chicago Bears who decided to show up and play um, and ruined by New England minus eight prediction. So um, overall, I would say two and three each. Uh, you know, Mitch, you got your long shot bet uh, correct on the flip side. So, you know, it's a mixed bag again, but same record and all of us below 500. Yeah, and... Uh... I thought Mitch was the problem. Mitch, I would like to formally on air apologize. Maybe you're not as bad at picking games as I thought. I think Monday night games are just cursed. So from this point forward, uh, when we get into our week eight betting preview, I am enacting the rule. We are no longer allowed to pick Monday night football games for our lock of the week because we are 0-3 on locks of the week parlays when uh, the first two legs hit and the third leg is a Monday night game. So no more, but Mitch, I'd like to officially apologize. Well, I accept your apology. It's okay. We're all down bad. (laughs) Not too bad though. We, we all went two and three, which means we're all destined to go three and two this week. We're going to be at 60%, which is a winning percentage in betting. You know, two and three hitting a lock of the week, I'm pretty sure that puts me positive for the week. So, you know, we're, we're moving up in the world, boys. Yeah, yeah. You, you hit your long shot of the week this week. Um, I think all three of us are up our positive money on our long shots this week. I think we're all up between two and four units on our long shot bets. So um, maybe we're just bad at picking easy games and we're really good at – picking the tough ones so yeah. for any listeners fade us on the easy bets tail us on the long shots but let's get to our winners and losers of the week bean i'm going to send it over to you who won week seven it's obvious isn't it well i guess one of the major candidates is matt eberflus i think well i watched that game last night and the Chicago run game led by Justin Fields and then obviously, you know, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. But they he literally like outminded um Bill Belichick the entire game. The entire game. That was the most professional Chicago Bears performance for quite some time. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that because they came out of the um the I think they had a bye week last week. They came out of the bye week and they absolutely tore New England to shreds. You know, I was I was actually uh, in another commitment when the game started, and and you know, you guys were texting and you were like, they're already ten points up, and I was like, what? Um, and so he deserves respect for ruining the 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 lock of the week parlay, I think, because 
Um, yeah, they, they their defense stepped up. Their offense put up 33 points. Cut us for more. I love it. Yeah, well-deserved there. And while we're on this game, Mitch, I know the anticipation has been killing you. You've been waiting for a very long time to make this your winner of the week. Take it away. Indeed, I have. And I have one important sound I have to let the listeners hear. Ah, boys. It's beautiful. I've been waiting my entire life. Justin Fields is your winner of the week. I completely agree with everything being said, except for he gave credit to the wrong man. Justin Fields, granted, the Bears came out. Great game plan. Everything was wonderful. But he took a couple big shots. He stood in the pocket, got rocked, threw a sidearm touchdown, Patrick Mahomes style. Oh, it was beautiful. On a third and 16, ran for like 19 yards, picked up a huge first down. Uh, yeah, it was just a huge step forward and a really important moment. And I, I think for the first time in his entire NFL career, people aren't saying that Justin Fields is a terrible quarterback. So winner of the week, and I can't be happier. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's about time that uh, Ohio State had a successful NFL quarterback, right? Or at least for a week. Hey, <laughs> I'll take a week. And, you know, Bears for the playoffs? I mean, maybe. Highly doubtful. Uh, well, let's let's slow down here. <laughs> you got got to drink the Kool Aid sometimes, you know. You're right. You're right. Um, well, I'll I'll go back to this game in just a minute, but I'll, I'll finish up with my winner of the week. Um, going on a completely different note, I have the Tennessee Titans. Um, they came off their bye week. Vrabel, as always prepping his team well after the bye, playing well, a solid nine-point victory in a game that never really felt close. Um, And already through six games for the Titans, they have beaten their biggest rival for the AFC South twice. So I would personally, because I don't believe in jinxes that much, I would like to congratulate the Tennessee Titans on their AFC South victory. Congratulations. You yeah. earned it. <laughs> no, no, it's all kind of silly at the start of the season, but now I'm like, you know, the Colts are nowhere. So. Yeah, I, I had bet on the Colts to win that division. So the Colts and therefore the Titans are losing me some money here, but I do have to congratulate the Titans on, uh, Starting out four and two, coming off hot off of a bye, and beating your division rivals twice in the first six or I guess seven weeks of the season. I like it. You know, you know what's crazy to me? We just went through winners of the week, and no one mentioned the fact that Joe Burrow threw for almost four hundred yards and a half. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. And I thought about that. I think where my mind was is it. Like for his as well as the Falcons have been playing this season, it was one of those like, oh well, it's the Falcons. So yeah. you know, you're right. Honorable mention, Joe Burrow. I, I apologize, Joe. Yeah. What about that catch from Jamar Chase? That that understanding is still like alive and kicking for the Bengals. A hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. I think, and I think I'll get back to the Bengals a little later on. But I truly believe that. The uh, that was a big step forward for them today after the way they started the season. Yeah, for sure. Great. Well, that was some awesome positive news. I love the positivity, guys. Um, but now let's go to some losers. Uh, Bean, I'll let you start this one off for week seven of the NFL season. Who lost the week? Well, I have kind of like an interesting loser of the week because they they won their matchup this week, but. They've lost two key players, and I'm talking about the New York Jets. Um, they beat Denver. They should have beat Denver because Denver's terrible, and it was Brett Rippin this week. Um, but they just lost Brees Hall for the season, and they've lost their guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, who's having a brilliant season so far. So I think I think that's a big loss for Robert Sala. Um, obviously, the run game was really going really well for the Jets. You know, they, they just had things sticking 
well for them, especially in a division now that they're they're going to play the Patriots next week. Potentially, like give themselves a little bit of breathing room with New England in 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 terms of the standings. Um, and then this is a big loss, but you know, a slightly cushioned fall in the sense that they just got James Robinson, I think, from the Jags, which which is is equally a good trade. Uh, but you know, to lose Hall and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is is uh, is what I think makes them you know a candidate for loser of the week. Yeah, that was. I, I know we're usually pretty sarcastic with our losers of the week, but uh, yeah, that's that's a really good pick. Although I will say, James Robinson in the mix with Michael Carter, it's like Brees Hall and Michael Carter were one A and one B. So I don't think it's a huge drop off, but I think losing an important guard like that is yeah. is definitely tough. So we'll see how they rebound. Um, I I didn't. I never thought I would have said it, but I mean they're kind of fighting for the division here. Like, yeah, I, I don't think they'll win it, but I mean, they're only a game out right now. True. Yeah. You're getting lost in the sauce, bro. <laughs> hey, sauce Gardner. I said it before. I'll say it again. Defensive rookie of the year. I've got money on it. So, I'm, and I'm from the university of Cincinnati. So I'm biased all around, but lock it in. You get lost in the sauce. You can't help it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Mitch, who who do you have in your as your loser of the week? Uh, to me, there are lots of losers this week. I mean, you look at the Bears game, Mac Jones getting benched. I think that's really tough for him. But for me, it was the Chargers. Um, they looked really poor. They got blown out. They didn't just lose to the Seahawks. They got blown out by Geno Smith and the Seahawks. That's really tough. And I want to pose the question, do we give Justin Herbert way too much hype for being a mediocre quarterback? Like, what has he actually done better than, you know, any other typical quarterback in the league? That's a hot take. That is it a is. hot take. And I say this with Justin Herbert as my starting fantasy quarterback. Yeah, Mitch. I, and and I, you, I, say, you say that with Justin Herbert being, what, the second or third leading passer currently in the league? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Dean. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, Mitch. I, I even before Darius that you mentioned, or Mitch when you mentioned it that he's your fantasy quarterback. I was gonna say I'm gonna take this with a little bit of salt because you because he is your fantasy quarterback, and I know how um, strict you are on the players you have on fantasy. But I guess Mitch, the one thing is he's he's not had Keenan Allen for a while now. Um, no Jalen Guyton. Um, some some of these players on uh, Mike Williams is gonna miss time. It's basically Austin Eckler and, you know, Mike Williams and Mike Williams against good corners. Like we saw like last week when they lost um, to, uh, sorry, no, last week when they won, like Mike Williams was like guarded up. Um, so he he's not had his targets either. Uh, but yeah, I agree. The Chargers are so underwhelming this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, just it, tough for me. They have so much talent on this team. Like to me, I feel like they should be Super Bowl contenders, if not one of the Super Bowl favorites. And they're just kind of like, slugging along and they're probably going to be somewhere around 500 they might make a late playoff push they might fall off you know a little bit at the end of the season come a game or two short and to me if you're that elite level quarterback right like if your team around you is that good you at least got to be making the playoffs consistently you know even if you're going to lose in the second round like that's okay like you're not the most elite team but i don't know T to me it's just tough to to look at him and be like, oh, he's the next Tom Brady when he hasn't really shown it yet. Right. Yeah, and Mitch, to your point, and I'll go more into this next week whenever we have our uh, mid-season kind of check-in on our, our preseason uh, predictions. But to be, to be fair, I did have the Chargers picked to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Um, but they've had a lot of key injuries. And Justin Herbert does not play defense. He did not give up 400 yards to Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Um, so you got to give him some credit there. He had to throw the ball 51 times. Um, that That's just a tough ask of anybody. So I don't know how much blame can be spread to Justin Herbert. I think that's my biggest problem with what you said. But I agree. The Chargers in general were losers this week because they had a key opportunity to go five and two um, at home and 
they did not take advantage. Yep, they absolutely didn't. And Mitch, you mentioned it. Uh, you kind of predicted my loser of the week. I did pick Mac Jones. Um, that was that was tough to watch last night. Bean, I know you, your leg of the lock of the week parlay was Patriots minus eight. I felt really good about that with uh, I thought Bailey Zappi was going to start, and then they announced Mac Jones starting, and then the Bears came out looking really good. And Mac Jones went three for six for 13 yards. Then he threw that pick and immediately got benched for Bailey Zappi, who came in and led two back-to-back scoring drives. The Patriots offense looked unstoppable. Obviously, that stopped, um, which is the only thing that really gives Mac Jones a chance at this point is because after those first two Zappi drives, uh, they didn't do a whole lot on offense. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, not a good look for Jones. Yeah, Bill Belichick literally put him in a timeout after that interception. I thought it was kind of weird, though. I don't know if you guys watched his press conference afterwards. He was like, we wanted to play two quarterbacks. Well, I think it was like kind of, I don't know if it was coincidence or you meant it that you benched him right after he threw a pick. Like, you don't say, I'm going to play two quarterbacks, and then you give him six pass attempts and then, like, bench him after a pick. That was not that was not the goal. I mean, he definitely got benched for performance. And then, the, like you said, the crowd and everything was just like, you know, Bailey Zappi, they wanted him to come on. And that's that's not a good look for Mac Jones. I think Belichick got it wrong yesterday. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think he should have either stuck with your hot quarterback in Bailey Zappi or firmly gone with Mac Jones at quarterback. But, yep. I mean, that, that can't be good for either guy's confidence to just be going back and forth like that. No, especially Zappy, I believe, and did the game with two interceptions, didn't he? Towards the yeah, end. Yeah, he did. Part. His, his stat line was, excuse me, 14 of 22 for 185 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. So a very mediocre stat line to end the game. But just the fact that Jones got benched and then Zappy came out and led back-to-back scoring drives um, – that looked really, really bad on Mac Jones at the time. It, it did. And I, I think if you left him in for one more drive and then switched it out, you could have argued the two-quarterback system. But I think immediately after a pick, that's a definite no. You meant to bench this guy and put the other guy in. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, any other notes on – I guess I, I had one honorable mention uh, for loser of the week. Uh Anybody who faded the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. um, I know the, the, the Chiefs started the week as three-point favorites. At the time, I was like, wow, that's an easy bet. Um, but then the line ended up at basically a pick by the time game started. The 49ers went up 10 to nothing and ended up losing by 21 points. So <laughs> um, any anybody that fades the Chiefs, it's just the golden rule at this point. You, you just don't fade the Chiefs. So honorable mention, loser of the week. Yeah, I like it. Um, also, the people in Cleveland whining because they got screwed by the officials again. At this point, I just find it hilarious. So I don't <laughs> even care. I actually I saw a, a replay of that play um, that somebody had slowed down. And while the guy that got called on the false start did react to the defense, they pointed out that somebody else uh, a couple spots down did move his leg early. Yeah, so, it was like one of the left. I don't even know what it's called on a field goal because it's like outside of what a guard or a tackle would be. Yeah. But it wasn't on the guy's way on the left side of the line. He did twitch. I yeah. Didn't see that. Yeah, so I mean, while it was not called on the right guy, it was the right call. Yeah, but I just love seeing the people in Cleveland lose their minds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, yep. But again, I'm very biased in saying that, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's finish up with our Week 7 recap, our fantasy recap. Boys, I'm going to start it off because I am very proud of my team. I knocked off the number one guy. The guy who won the league in back-to-back years and was currently sitting at 6-0 this year, I knocked him off. Um, I increased my record to 
two and five, but I knocked him off. <laughs> I'm sitting a game out of the playoffs. Um, and my top performer putting the team on his back, Josh Jacobs, um, 143 rushing yards, three touchdowns, as well as three catches for 12 yards. So an all around amazing performance key factor in the uh win over the texans because i mean that game that game was tied i think going into the half it It was was tied yeah 10 to 10 going into the half so i like to think without josh jacobs i mean the the texans were surprising in that game like i know i know they the texans technically had a better record going into that game but uh the texans held their own in a game that they really weren't supposed to until the fourth quarter um when my guy Josh Jacobs just ran away with it. So shout out to him. Bean, we'll go to over to you. Who is your top performer in week seven? Well it was a it was not it was a very somber week this time for me. Um as usual I lost by 50 points somehow everybody I'm playing against has everyone on their team score a touchdown or throw three touchdown passes. It is just impossible. I think I've given up the most points in the league. But a shimmer of light in my uh, roster this week was another running back, Kenneth Walker, um, 168 yards and two touchdowns. My guy was on fire. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, like he was a big factor in, you know, the the, the Seahawks blowing out the, the Chargers in their own backyard. So what a week for him. Um, I just wish everybody else was on the same level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to see that being you are the next closest person in points given up is 52 points behind you. Yep. Oof. So yeah, brutal, brutal. And you're definitely, according to your points scored, you should be at least two or three spots higher in the league, but I've got confidence in your team. Both of us are going to make the playoffs. I believe in our teams. Who was your top performer? All right, you know, well, after a two-week skid, we're back uh, to winning ways. And I just had an overall consistent performance. I'm going to read my scores off to you guys real quick. 21, 15, 15, 15, 10, 11, 0, 16, and 9. Uh, So my top performer was Justin Herbert, of course. Not really happy with his performance, but he did well. But, you know, the shocker, my kicker was the second highest. Uh... Jason Myers was a midweek pickup for the Seahawks and not to carry too much on that game because, you know, the Seahawks were amazing and uh, apparently he kicks a lot of field goals. I didn't get to see it, but utter domination on my side. I ended up winning by 40 points, so I will take it. Love to hear it. And uh, we'll finish up with some bad news. Who, Mitch, I'll go right back to you. Who was your, your low performer? Who was that guy with zero? Uh, that was Michael Gallup. I, that was another kind of last second. Oh no, my receiver's injured. Let's throw a new guy in. Um, I think he's still just trying to ke- find his way in that offense this season. Um, because, you know, CD lamb had a pretty good day and Noah Brown had a pretty good day for the Cowboys. So I think he's going to go back onto the waiver wire and hopefully somebody else will get, uh, thrown in his place. Maybe Garrett Wilson will come back next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised because Michael Gallup was still a fairly big part of that offense last year, and he has not played the same role this year, so it's been no. very surprising to me. He only had two targets, didn't catch either one. Um, granted, he did miss most of the offseason, so I'm hoping – I was hoping that maybe, you know, it was just a slow start and he was going to catch up, but I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, the Cowboys had a pretty emphatic win, so I think maybe they were just running the ball a lot at the end, so you never know. True that. <clears throat> All right, Bean, your bottom performer and your tough loss. Um, well, I'll, I, I would say it's actually I am the bottom performer because I, I woke up at 6.30 on Sunday morning uh, or sometime over the weekend. Um, Eastern time, and I picked up Gus Edwards, right? And now the whole 30-minute, 45-minute stretch before the 1 p.m. games were the start, I was debating on whether to keep Kenyon Drake on my starting lineup or Gus Edwards. And I chose Kenyon Drake, and he only got me 0.5 points. 
and Gus Edwards got got me 19 points, but he was on my bench. So, yeah. Well, Kenyan Drake, but that was just like a misjudgment. He shouldn't have been in my starting lineup. Yeah, that's that's a tough call. I almost picked up Gus Edwards, but I saw you did. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I did not expect him to immediately play that big of a role in the Ravens offense. Right, so. yeah. Tough, tough, tough sledding there. Uh, my bottom performer was uh, Daniel Bellinger, the Giants tight end. Uh, Dallas Goddard was on by for me, so I picked him up, hoping because he had been pretty consistent at you know five or six catches for forty to fifty yards a week. He caught one pass for thirteen yards, got injured, and now he's done for the season. So was that my fault? Maybe, but yeah, he was my bottom performer this week. But obviously, I mean, not to be a Debbie Downer, the Giants didn't need him too much as they pulled out that exciting victory um, over the Jags. Yeah, I think I think you jinxed him, Darius. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. I, uh, <laughs> I did that to touchdown Teddy, if, well, quite a few years ago now. Uh, I was having a conversation about how good he is and how I was projecting him to have a great season on the Vikings that year. And then literally 10 minutes later, it came out that he tore his ACL in practice. Oof. You hate to see that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that wraps up our week seven. We spent a lot of time on week seven. Um, We had some exciting games, some not so exciting games. Overall, I'd say it was surprising, though. There there was a lot of stuff I did not expect to happen. But Week 8, I'm really looking forward to. I think there's a lot of really good games, a lot of exciting matchups. So let's get right into it with our Thursday night preview. We've got the Baltimore Ravens sitting at a 4-3 and three record, traveling to Tampa Bay, Florida, facing the Buccaneers. Um... They're one and a half point favorite over the Bucks. The Bucks have dropped two straight, two straight losses that they really should have won. Getting blown out by the Panthers this week, and previous week, getting barely beaten by the Steelers. Two winnable games. They lost them both. Can they get back on track this week? Bean. Uh, no. I don't think so because the Ravens are four and three. Yes, but they're way better than that. Um, we talked about how many leads they've blown this season, the Ravens. But I still think they're gonna make the playoffs. They're they're they'll be fine. They have as as we mentioned earlier, Gus Edwards is back. Um, I don't think Lamar needs to be at his hundred percent to win this game, and that's so weird saying that you're an away team in Tampa. You need to be on it. I think I think the the Ravens are gonna run all over the Bucks because. We thought about how good the Bucks' defense, run defense was. And then, you know, last week they gave up 120 yards to Deontay Foreman. And then before that, I think even the Steelers ran the ball pretty well against them. So it's it's been very tough going for the, the Bucks' run defense. So I think it's going to be a similar story. Um, and my Thursday night bet is actually the one you just mentioned. The, um, the Ravens at minus one and a half. Um, I honestly couldn't look past it. Yeah, I will, Mitch, I'll jump in right before I go over to you, just because being you basically covered everything that I wanted to just say. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Buccaneers have not looked good. Their defense has been mediocre when they should have been a very good defense this year. Um, their offense just isn't clicking. I mean, Mike Evans with that huge drop on the long yeah. touchdown last week. Um, which I'm upset about because Tom Brady is my fantasy quarterback. Um, I don't know if I'm going to start him this week. I might go Kirk Cousins instead. Um, But yeah, the Ravens, it seems like, are starting to get on track after some blown losses, and the Buccaneers are spiraling. So I also love Ravens minus one and a half. Mitch, what's your go-to bet for Thursday night? I like it. I want to add, both of these teams are in first place right now. And neither one of them deserves to be a first place team. I think the Ravens are definitely the better of the fraud first place teams. So I like the minus one and a half. But I am not allowed to bet spreads on Thursday Night Football because I suck at it. 
So we have to go with a player prop, and we're going with Lamar Jackson, longest rush of under 18 and a half yards. Wow. Yeah. It can I, I I'm curious of your reasoning behind that bet. Um because I thought he might go over 18 and a half yards, so I had to fade myself. <laughs> <laughs> the logic is sound. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and for you listeners, I, I have to admit Mitch is a horrible sports better. So when he fades himself, tail him. Tail him fading himself. Well so we got to be a little more specific. I'm terrible NFL better. College football, give me the money all day long. But uh, for some reason, th- those pro sports, they just get me. Unfortunately, we are not a college football sports betting podcast. We are an NFL podcast. <laughs> we're correct. But hey, I'm decent at fantasy football. It's all that matters. True. True that. All right. Anything else on the Thursday night games before we get into the weekend slate? No, I mean, it was just embarrassing to see that uh, Mike Evans video afterwards. I don't know if you guys saw that, him signing something for the refs. It looks bad, but I think he's still going to play this week. I hope he does for fantasy's sake, but, you know, that's something the Bucks didn't need right now. No, that's just everything that's going wrong for that franchise, or that can go wrong, is going wrong for that franchise. So, um, we'll see. We'll see if it was worth giving up Giselle for another football season. But let's get into our spooky weekend of football. Halloween weekend. We've got some great matchups. Starting with our locks of the week. Guys, I know we were talking before we started recording tonight. And we all said that there were way too many games that we felt good about which is scary because we're going to ride this thing out. I think we each had two locks of the week this week that we felt really good about. And we're basically going to parlay them in however many unique bets we have. So Mitch, I'm going to kick it over to you first. What right. is the the first game that you're feeling really good about? My initial thoughts, my very first lock of the week that I went through the first time and saw loved it more than anything in the world, was Dolphins minus three against the Lions. The Lions are terrible. Absolutely horrible. They might be one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. Granted, I say this having to watch the Lions every weekend, so it makes my eyes hurt, my brain hurt, my soul hurt. There's no way the Dolphins do not beat them by the more than three points. Um, I think Tua could be completely concussed out there and still beat them by three. Prayers for Tua. I like that pick. That was not one of my two selections. However, that was on my list of bets to make this week. Um, The Lions just got beat 29 to nothing against New England. Then they went to Dallas after a bye week and got blown out by 18 there. Uh, So I like the pick. The Dolphins have yet to lose a game where Tua plays the entire game this season. So... I, I do like the pick. Bean, what's your first pick? So my first pick for lock of the week is, well, I shouldn't be going off of the same team twice, in, like twice in a row, but I'm going with the Bears plus nine at Dallas. Um, I think I think they'll play this game close. Well, obviously the the Lions didn't do as much as we thought we we would do. They would do in Dallas, but I think I think the the Bears have a much more competent defense. Um, and as you said, Justin Field, they they had 37 minutes of possession time against the Patriots, which is unheard of um, against such a good team. So I think I think they'll keep it closed. That was my first lock of the week. So I don't know what you guys think about that. I actually like it. That was that was another one that I I didn't have as a lock of the week, but I did like a lot. I've seen the line in some place some places even uh, switch to 10 points. So. Yeah, I, I don't think the Bears are going to lose by double digits in that game. I love it because I was going to say that game, but I thought you guys would think that I was going mentally insane for thinking the Bears were good now. <laughs> so I wasn't going to pick it, but I love it. it. It is an overreaction, I will say, and I really have a bad feeling that this is going to be the downfall of the parlay this week. 
just because like the bears are the bears. Like the bears don't look good two weeks in a row. Everybody knows that the Cowboys defense has been spectacular this season. Dak is back, but like, are they going to win by 10? I don't know. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Uh, my first game, this was my initial lock of the week that I really, really loved. Um, it's Washington plus three going to Indianapolis. The Colts just announced that they're benching Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. And Taylor Heineke is likely still playing for the Commanders. I don't think Indianapolis is very good with Matt Ryan. I think they're going to be even worse without him. Um, I think Washington's going to win this game straight up, but definitely cover three points. Yeah, Darius, I like that one. I was looking at it, um, and unfortunately, Carson Wentz is not going to be there for the revenge tour. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I like that one a lot, especially because it seems like Taylor Heineke has that offense ticking. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's go reverse order. Bean, we're going to switch it back to you. What's your second pick? Second lock of the week is the 49ers, minus one and a half at, at the, the Rams. Um Jimmy G is 7-0 against the Rams. Um, I believe he's going to make it 8-0. And we we mentioned the Bucks earlier. What did they and the Rams have in common? Banged up O-lines. And the Rams don't even have their best center um, starting. And, 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 you know, they, they have no run game. I think Cam Akers still wants out. They're coming off of a bye week, but the 49ers got beat up bad last week. I think this is the week Christian McCaffrey is unleashed on the Rams. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The Rams O-line is still beat up. San Francisco beat them uh, 24 to 9 a few weeks ago. I don't think anything has changed outside of the 49ers getting better and the Rams not doing much of anything. Granted, the Rams are coming off of a bye week and are at home, but I agree. I don't think that matters. Right. Agreed. Mitch, your second pick. All right, boys, we're getting lost in the sauce once again. The Jets plus one and a half against the Patriots. I don't understand this line at all. It makes me think that Vegas knows something I don't, but I'm going with it because the Jets are at home against a terrible Patriots team that just got destroyed by the Bears of all people. The Jets are better than the Bears. Never thought I would say that sentence in my life. But yeah, I think the Jets defense keeps it rolling. I think... You know, we talked about it earlier. Losing two key members, I think, hurts the Jets, but I don't think it hurts them enough that they shouldn't beat the Patriots. Yeah, I love that. And that was another one I had my eye on, but I didn't select it. So it looks like, boys, we're going to have a six-leg parlay this week. Big cash if it hits. I had two that I was kind of between for my second leg. And I almost, it worked for me last week. I took Giants plus three against the Jaguars, and I see that they're also plus three against the Seahawks. But that was not my pick. Um, the Seahawks and Geno Smith are too hot right now. Uh, Seattle with the 12th man is a tough place to play. I think that game could go either way, so I, I stayed away from it. My second lock of the week, they were my winners of the week. It's the Tennessee Titans minus two against the Texans. Yes, it's an away game. However, the Texans are not a good team. I will say Damian Pierce is a bright spot on that roster, but the Titans are looking really good. They're getting better and better as the season goes on. Derrick Henry is heating up. He's healthy, and I just don't think the Texans can stop him. Uh, so I think... I could see this being a closer game than people expected, but when I saw that this was the matchup, I expected it, the Titans to be at least four-point favorites. And uh, when I saw two, I mean, I like the Titans to win by at least a field goal. So give me the Titans minus two this week. I like that a lot. I love it. I'm going to be honest. When you said Texans, I kind of forgot they were a football team for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I am biased in this pick because I have the Texans winning the least amount of games in the regular season this season. But I mean, the Titans are clicking right now. 
They're coming off a bye. They just had a big win against division rival. It's time to get another big win against another division rival. And not to mention the Texans. They lost by seven to the Broncos. They lost by three to the Bears. They lost by 10 to the Chargers. And they just lost by 18 to the Raiders. Um, Again, obviously they had that win in the mix with the Jaguars. But the Jaguars are the Jaguars. The Titans, they're going to make the playoffs. They're a playoff. The Texans yeah. can't compete. I think you hand the ball to Derrick Henry 45 times in this game and you win by at least a touchdown still. Um, so any competent passing attack at all from the Titans and they're going to win this game easily by two touchdowns. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I would just like to throw this out there. I know you guys will jump on later, but I just put it into my calculator. We've got plus 4,200 odds on this parlay. That means you win some serious units. So hop on our lock of the week parlay. It's normally only three weeks, but we're feeling spooky with Halloween this week. We're making it a six-legger. Honestly, I thought some of our bets were going to overlap, and I really expected it to just still just be a three- or four-legger. But to me, that's a sign. It's meant to be. Let's win some money, boys. Let's ride. (laughs) careful it's spicy <laughs> that that just preceded horrible events so i, oh, I know i know <laughs> <laughs> all right well we talked a lot about locks of the week let's get into some bets i mean i know that parlay is a long shot in itself but let's get into our long shot bets of the week uh mitch again it's got to be 200 odds plus 200 odds or better who do you like or what do you like this week? All right. Well, boys, for this one, I had to go alternate line on us. And we are going with the Bengals minus eight and a half, which is a plus 202 right now um, against the Browns. I think the Bengals got it rolling last week. I think they are the best team in this division. I think the Browns are just, well, they're the Browns. Um, so I, I absolutely love that bet. I think Joe Burrow uh, – might throw for another 400 yards. Probably not in the first half this time, but that's okay. Um, but alternately, I was looking at uh, some rookie of the year odds, and Chris Olave for offensive rookie is currently sitting at plus 800. Kind of like that. Kenneth Walker is the favorite. Olave's in third. But running backs get hurt a lot more often than receivers do. So you never know. A gambling man, don't want to say I'd be rooting for a guy to get hurt, but you never know what happens if he misses a game or two. All of a sudden, those odds switch into a, a receiver's favor. All right. All right. There it is. Long shots of the week. Bean, who you got? Yeah, I took an alternate line as well for this one. And, guys, I'm going really long shot. And I, I decided to make it a little bit spicy this week. So uh, <laughs> I'm going with the Broncos minus five against the Jaguars in London. At plus two ten, I know it's kind of ludicrous, but um, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a new setting. You know, Russell Wilson coming back from injury. Um, it 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 just it just feels to me that this might be the start. Nathaniel Hackett might just get things going. It it worked for Matt Eberflus. The the bye week worked for the Bears. I think it might work for the for the uh, Broncos as well. Just to get things going, just to get Judy and and um, Cortland Sutton in the game a little bit more. Um. Yeah, I I think this might be it. Bean, I hate that bet so much that <laughs> I think I like it. <laughs> um, speaking of bets, I hate so much that I like. I didn't take an alternate line. I took a money line. I know your first thought might be, Darius, don't take the Steelers money line over the the Eagles. Well, the Steelers have not won in Philadelphia in a very long time, and the Eagles are a much better team. So I am realistic with myself there. But instead, I'm being ludicrous and taking the Green Bay Packers money line over the Buffalo Bills at plus 430 odds. Oh, my God. I know it sounds crazy. But if you think back, how many times have people counted the Packers out early in seasons because they haven't looked good. And Aaron Rodgers has fought back to make the playoffs. It's happened a lot. 
And I tell you what, I know the Bills' rush defense is good, but the Packers have a dynamic duo at running back. I know the receivers aren't good, but man, Aaron Rodgers' press conference this week hyped me up. He was talking about how the loss to Washington was exactly what they needed. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers has always backed up his tough talk with a win. So, um, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X, relax. The Green Bay Packers are going to be the Green Bay Packers as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. And I think Sunday night football under the lights, they're going to upset the Buffalo Bills. I cannot see that happening in the 10 different realms that I can imagine in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, and that's why I said I hate this bet so much that I love it. Well, this, is, this, is, this is like one of those where I'm like, there's no way this is happening, which means it's happening. <laughs> it, like Buffalo at home, you saw what they did to Tennessee. So good teams can go there and lose by like 20, 30 points. If the, I, I think I would give the Packers a little bit more of a chance if this was in Green Bay. But it's in Buffalo. I think I think this is that's like a cauldron for for opposition, and and I think they lost. I think Alan Lazard might be out for this game, and they don't. He's have questionable. Randall Cobb, I think, is out for a while. So, I mean, Romeo Dobbs is like their only like fit receiver right now. Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, against you know Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. I I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you. I think it's a stupid bet, but that's why I love it. Yeah. I hate that bet so much, and I hate Aaron Rodgers so much. You just inspired me to take the Bills minus 11. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And, you know, I hope for your sake that that hits and that it's not the Bills winning by, like, three points on a last-second field goal because that would crush my spirits. Like, if the Bills just show up and – put up another 41 to seven victory over the Packers. Like I'm okay with that. That was just, you know, a bad bet on a long shot. It, um, it happens all the time. Yeah. But you know, if the bills just barely pull this one out, I, I'll be upset. Yeah. I want to see sad Aaron Rodgers. I just want to see his miserable little face staring out of his helmet. Oh, he's <laughs> so happy. Boys. I think, I think if the Packers lose this one bad, they're not making the playoffs this year. Agreed. And that's, it's do or die time. That's why I'm like, all right, Aaron Rodgers, it's time to get right. You know, I actually don't hate that. Um, I know those two teams aren't putting up a whole lot of points, but they both have some pretty good rush offenses. And because of that, I mean, you're destined to score at least a couple touchdowns. And when the over under is 40 and a half, you don't need too many. Can can I get a 21, 24 final? It wouldn't surprise me. It's possible. I, I yeah. hope not. I hope I hope it's at least twenty three twenty because then the Titans will have covered their spread. But uh, oh. anyway, my over is, and and I really don't like this. I liked this as as an over before I saw the line because I expected the line to be like forty to forty two. Uh, it's an over under of forty five, but I'm going to take it anyway. That's Giants at Seahawks. The Seahawks have been putting up a lot of points this season. Uh, the Giants' offense has looked better than it has over the past few years. Uh, These two teams are averaging a combined 47 points per game. Um, So I'm just trusting the numbers on this one. Yeah, the Giants are in the race for the division lead in the NFC East. If the Steelers beat the Eagles, then they'll have the same record. So I think this game is of equal importance for either team, Seattle to stay in the lead, I like it. I think it's going to be a good game to watch. For sure. Yeah, this this is going to be a good game. Um, but going to our unders of the week, uh, I guess I'll start this one off. It's a very hot take because uh, it's a popular bet to make. And you all know I hate making popular bets. Um, but we're going with the Lunder under 39 points in Broncos Jags. Um both of these franchises are just a mess at the moment. And I think they're averaging less than the 39 points per game. Um, yeah. The two, the two offenses are averaging a combined 36 points per game. So be, for that sole reason, 
I, I like the under in London. Yeah, same. The the Jaguars lost James Robinson, one of their like sort of better offensive weapons. So um yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting this game for sure. And obviously the Broncos don't have Javante Williams for the rest of the season. So Yeah. For sure. We should apologize to the British people for making them sit through this game. <laughs> um agreed. It's agreed. gonna be ugly. Actually, I think we shouldn't apologize. They should welcome this game. They should be thankful that we're sending anybody to their <laughs> stadiums. <laughs> yeah. This is payback for no taxation without representation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. I love the Lunder. Bean, who you got? All right. So I looked at a couple of games. I started with um, Washington against the Colts at 40. Um, seems obvious. The Colts can't put up points. They don't even have their starting quarterback anymore. And Washington, while they can't put up points, it's not big numbers. So it's it seems very obvious, but then I'm going with the game in Miami um, as my under. Um, the the Lions against the Dolphins. The, 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 the Dolphins last week put up just 16 against Pittsburgh. Um, and the Lions um, just put up six against the Cowboys. I know the Lions were hot on offense earlier this season before the bye week. But yeah, 51 and a half is quite high. So I don't know if it's reaching that at all. Agreed. That's I saw that line and uh I, I knew you were taking that under, which is why I had to take a different one. But to me, that's the most striking one. Mitch, who you got? Yeah, well, before I, I start on that, I have noticed that my lock of the week was Dolphins minus three. It is already up to three and a half as it sits. I still like the three and a half, though. I think it's gonna be a six point game. But my under for the week is going to be Ravens-Bucks, under 45 and a half. Um, To me, it's kind of an ugly, sleepy Thursday night game. Two semi-decent defenses, although I don't think the Bucks defense is as great as we thought it was going to be. So I am actually taking a bet on a Thursday night game. That's not a prop bet, so it's definitely going to lose. So I would fade myself on that one. Mitch, I can see this one being like a 17-10 Baltimore. Like, literally, I, I agree with that under. I like that under a lot. It's either going to be like 20 total points or it can be 70 total points. It's not going to be an in-between. Right. And to be fair, unders are hitting at like 60% this season. So I think you're safe in just about every under. And I know we had talked before we got on today. Um, I, I think any of the games this week, I'm leaning towards going under. Um, like, I, I think a safe bet would be to place an under bet on every single game this week, and you would end up positive. Um, I don't think I'm going to, but I think that would be a safe bet. I don't know. I might put like a half unit on every single under. That, that, that's not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. Um, cool. Well, let's finish up. We'll do our games of the week and then we'll touch on any games we didn't talk about, but we've talked about a lot of the games. So um, Mitch, I'll kick it right back to you. What's your game of the week this week? Guys, if you'd asked me week one, what the most interesting game of this week was, I would never in a million years have told you that it's going to be the giants and the Seahawks. Yeah. Love that. I love that. I'll just, I'll tell you right now. That was my game of the week too. I, I don't understand in the world of the NFC East juggernauts. The Seahawks are instantly better as soon as Russell Wilson leaves. They're on top of the division. Like, if you'd asked me in the NFC West standings at this point in the year, I would have told you Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. Easy money. Like, 100%. Yeah. Not the other way around. Like, what is going on in this world? Um, and I think whoever wins this game has a very clear path forward to the playoffs. I know the Giants are currently in second place, but as a 7-1 team, I think the worst they could ever do is the wild card. So here we go. The uh, The second playoff position is up for grabs this week as we have already crowned one division champion. Yeah, that's it's it's been a weird season. The Seahawks over under win total was 5.5 coming into the year. And guys, I was telling you how I was on that bet. I was going to take the under until I saw Geno Smith was the starting quarterback. Um, 
I was going to make that bet when I thought Drew Locke was starting, but man, Gino is electric. There's no other way to put it. Do you remember watching Gino Smith play in college? I feel like we're back in the good old days. Yeah, he's finally finding himself, which is which is really awesome to see because I feel like he didn't really have uh like a clear, I guess uh like name a style in the NFL and and man he's he's taken it to his own this year. But uh Bean, what's your game of the week? Mitch and I both have Giants Seahawks who you like. Oh, I like the game in Minnesota, the Viking against the Vikings against the Cardinals. Um last week the uh the Cardinals put up 42 points helped by their defense and uh their running game with Eno Benjamin. Um this week they're up against a rested uh, Vikings who are also in the who are in the lead of their division and well rested as well. Um, yeah, extended break for both two teams, so I hope their offenses come out firing. Uh, we saw the little like argument between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray last week, but they still put up points last week, so it'll be interesting to see offensively how this game plays out. I still I still like the Vikings in this one, but you know I the Cardinals surprise like they they love to spring surprises. Um, and if last week was a catalyst, then, you know, this this game should be an interesting one. No, I love what you said, because, I mean, it's like as soon as Kyler Murray and Kingsbury got into that argument, like their offense immediately got better. Yeah, um, yeah you know, just two competitors. That's that's it. Um, but, yeah, I was looking at the Vikings and I, I briefly, very briefly considered Vikings minus three uh, as my lock of the week. However... The Cardinals are just one of those teams, especially with the return of D-Hop. It's like, just when are they going to get hot? Um, so it could be this week against a Vikings team that, well, I think they're good. I don't think they're 5-1 and one good, so I, I am avoiding this game, but I do think it'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Are the Vikings really going to go to the playoffs and win the division? I mean... Oh. It's just painful. If, if they, I mean, if if they beat the Cardinals this week and the Packers lose to the Bills, then there's like there's no way that they don't win the division. There's no way. It's not the Bears that are going to be stopping them. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers putting his pinky toe on the press conference. Hey, don't you be hating on my man Justin Fields. The Bears are going to the playoffs. No, I think <laughs> Justin Fields is going to have a respectable season coming up. I don't think they're. I don't think they're playoff worthy yet. Oh, if I'm honest with you, I want the Bears to go like. Six and ten, get the number like nine overall pick, pick up Jackson Smith and Jigba, and just dominate just another another Ohio State guy. <laughs> yeah, just just it'll be the Chicago Buckeyes at that <laughs> point. <laughs> Boy, it'd be beautiful. Oh, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, but that's like <laughs> classic, like Gerald Burrow, Jamar Chase, right there. Though, like you pick up a big target that they worked with in college, if, see if they click still. It works, yeah. That is I mean, true. Speaking of guys, just to touch on a game I'm not looking forward to, it will be the Falcons against the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the toilet bowl. The Falcons are four and a half point favorites in that game. I, I do like them by four and a half. I true. think the Panthers had a fluke win against the Buccaneers. That's going to be the highlight of their season. And I really hate to say it, but I think the Panthers are going to screw up my my bet of the Texans having the worst record. I think the Panthers are going to end up my bold prediction. The Panthers are going to end up two and fifteen, and uh, the Texans are going to end up two fourteen and one, and therefore have a slightly better regular season record. You got to pump the brakes a little bit. The Panthers are one game out of first place right now. <laughs> You're right. I, I apologize. I, I do truly apologize to the Panthers fans. Um, for all you hardcore Panthers fans, you better be making the drive down to Georgia because tickets are only $31 at this game. So yep. clearly people aren't expecting it to be a great one. Hey, the good news is all five of them can carpool. <laughs> True. <laughs> hey, NFC uh, South is a new NFC East, right? Yeah, the NFC beast, apparently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. Well, uh, let's touch on a few games we didn't really talk much about, and then let's uh, let's call it a night. I know it's late for all of us. We're all busy with work and grad school. 
so let's finish this up. Uh, we talked a bit about the Ravens and Bucks, the Broncos, Jags. We didn't talk too much about, but I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty boring game, especially me on Mountain Time, 7.30 a.m. Sunday start. I might just snooze my way through this one. I don't blame you. Yeah, same. Even on uh, East Coast time, I might snooze my way through it. although to be fair i think my dogs will have me up before 7 30 um usually about 7 a.m is sleeping in for me at this point (laughs) but you know it's football to watch even though it's only on espn plus which is annoying so um again i don't think that's worth paying 11 dollars a month over to watch the broncos and the jaguars battle over who's worse definitely not uh, we talked Panthers Falcons. Nobody wants to watch that game. I think the next game we didn't talk a whole lot about, unfortunately, is the the battle over the state of Pennsylvania with the Steelers traveling to the to the Eagles. Uh, so I'll let you guys take it away since I'm biased here over the Steelers. Um, there's that that faint part of me. You know, I felt good about the Bucks two weeks ago. We beat them. I felt good about the Dolphins. We should have beat them. I want to feel good going against the Eagles, but I'm completely honest with myself. The Eagles are going to cover the 11 points and then some. So I'll let you guys talk about this game. Yeah, to me, I don't think you're going to win. I think a respectable showing would be losing by 10 to 14 points. You just need... Kenny Pickett to have a good showing you need you know a decent offensive day one of those days where you just show improvement and you look like oh maybe next year we can be an elite team again I think would be a solid win for the Steelers in this game yeah I agree I think I think the uh the Steelers look like they're turned the corner with that win against the Bucks and I agree with you Darius I think they should have beaten the the Dolphins but I think this is another game where you're like, oh, there's no way they're going in and beating the unbeaten uh, Eagles because the Eagles are a way more complete team than the Bucks, um, as opposed to a couple of weeks ago. So I, I don't see it. But, you know, if, if the Steelers run the ball well with Najee Harris, which they haven't done as well this season, and if Kenny Pickett has some design runs, you know, I, I, I think they could, like, hog the ball a little bit and prevent Jalen Hurts from being on the field. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Darius. You are officially a Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, and to be fair, Kenny Pickett has thrown seven interceptions so far. Granted, I'd say four of them are not his fault. They've been tipped off of receivers. Um, but, you know, he, he shows a lot of energy out there. He's He's working hard. He's exciting. And Peyton Manning, as well as Tom Brady... And Josh Allen, none of them three looked good in their first season. So I've, I've, I'm okay with this year. I didn't have any expectations. I'm, I'm happy letting Kenny Pickett work out the growing pains. And uh, hopefully next year we'll come back, get a good draft pick, build the team around him. Yeah, well, Darius, it's not a situation like the 49ers where they had Troy Lance for like, four games, like three games, and then he's out for the season, and he didn't even play in, well in those three games. So, like, the for you to look at tape, it's not even as much. But in the offseason, like, Kenny Pickett has a lot of stuff to look at and say, you know what, I'm going to be better this year. Agreed. Agreed. And I would also just like to point out the, re- the other reason the Steelers aren't winning this game, regardless of how good or bad either team is, the Steelers have not won in Philadelphia since 1965. Yeah, just throwing that stat out there. Granted, the Eagles and the Steelers, since 1965, have only played, well, not too often. They're in opposite conferences. I don't know exactly how many times they've played, but they've not played too many times in Philadelphia. It's looking like about five or six. But yeah, either way, not since 1965, and I don't think 2022 is the year. No. So, Darius, your parents have never seen them win in philadelphia correct yes that is that is true <laughs> it, my dad would have been like four years old yeah so crazy time I, and, I, and i don't think it's gonna start now 
the the only other game that we didn't really talk a whole lot about was uh well we did a really good job of covering games this week um we talked a little bit about 49ers and rams mitch i agree with you i think the 49ers uh they own the rams the rams don't have a home game in la they haven't established a fan base there yet uh it's going to be a home game essentially for the 49ers i think they're going to sweep the rams but the last game is the Bengals and the Browns, which we talked a little bit about. Uh, I think, Mitch, you had the Bengals yes, as both. an alternate line of eight and a half. And I, I got to say, I like that. The Browns did hold their own against the Ravens this week. But again, I think the Bengals are the best team in the AFC North. And I think they're going to win by at least two scores. Yeah. I think, I think you know, we saw the Patriots like run all over them. I think this might be a day for Joe Mixon, which is good news for you, Darius. It is. It is. Is my fantasy running back. <laughs> yeah. On Halloween, getting spooky. Yeah. They're in the city of Cleveland. I mean, 0-16 didn't scare them. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I mean, maybe it's just coincidence, but uh, both teams' colors are uh, black and orange, which are Halloween colors. So maybe the NFL <laughs> did that on purpose. They probably did. I mean, you never know, but I this game the the stands are going to be unbelievably entertaining and entertaining with what people are wearing. Anytime a Halloween game goes on, it's just absolutely electric. Yep. You mean all the Cleveland fans won't be dressed as brown paper bags this year? <laughs> I mean, they might be, but <laughs> you never know. They might be like little elves running around, you know. <laughs> that's what they do in Cleveland now. Hey, also yeah. look out for ESPN to like show the like lineups with like spooky names. Yes, yeah, uh, with their their cringy little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is this slime game this weekend? Speaking of that, uh, not that I've seen. I don't know that for sure. I've not seen a game advertised for Nickelodeon, but um, not this week, I believe. Well, thank God. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then our two bye week teams, we've got Chiefs and Chargers, two AFC teams. The Chiefs feeling good going into the bye. The Chargers need to re excuse me, regroup. Um, and if you'd like some more content, follow us on Twitter at DGen underscore football. We are the DGen Football Podcast. We wish you the best of luck in all of your betting endeavors in week eight, and we will see you next week.